One thing that I would say for anyone starting out with podcasting right now, it's so incredibly important to be super specific about the knowledge or value or impact that you're looking to create for your listeners. Being niche in your podcasting topic will help you immensely. So instead of saying, I'm going to start a marketing podcast, which there are probably a million of right now, if you can get super specific and niche down within marketing to focus on Instagram marketing, that will be incredibly helpful for you and knowing what content to create and being able to research not only your own content, but competitors potentially to get a grip on that. And then also when you're marketing your show, it's going to be so much easier for you to reach your ideal listener or person that you want in your world if you're able to very clearly speak to what it is that you can offer. Welcome, trust builders. I'm Sue Dyer, and this is Lead with Trust, where we explore how leaders can build their business on a foundation of trust and reap the rewards of becoming the top performer in their market. Leaders that understand how to use and leverage trust are uniquely positioned to disrupt their industry and dominate their market. Distrust of businesses and business leaders is at an all-time high. Trusted businesses must have trusted leaders, and your team, your customers, and your vendors are waiting for you to step up and elevate the level of trust in your business. My hope is that this podcast can help you start your trusted leader journey. Hey, Trust Builders. This week, we are in for a treat. I interviewed Kate Erickson. She runs the back end of Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is really a renowned entrepreneurial business podcast that is a daily podcast. It was the first daily podcast, and they have over 100 million downloads. And I know they've won many awards, and they're really top-notch everywhere that you could possibly think in podcasting. And, you know, I think that it's so important to think about Kate running the back end because she's the one who makes sure that there's systems and processes that are all working so that the machine works. Just like in your business, you have all of those systems and processes. She has that too. And she's really a genius at this. So I asked her to share with us some of her favorite systems that she's using. And I think this is so important for leaders right now because with the pandemic, it shifted everyone's working remotely or there's a blending of in-person and remote. And so we need more processes and systems to help us really work cohesively to outside and inside wherever we might be. And this is really something that Kate's been doing for years and years. So I listen up for those. I think there's some great tips she's got there. And also systems, in I believe, are also critical because think about it, trust is built when you do what you say you're going to do, you follow through. And in a business, if there isn't systems that actually allow you to follow through, then you know you may be not creating trust, you may actually be eroding trust. And so I think that's a really important part of this episode. But also just listen in because Kate and John 
uh, Lee Dumas, uh, her fiance right now, soon to be husband in April, you know, have worked together now for 10 years. So she talks about that. And how do you work together with a partner? It doesn't necessarily have to be a spouse, but within your business, you have people that you have to work with. I think there's many lessons to be learned there, as well as how does an introvert become a keynote speaker, which she'll talk about that, and also how she continuously works to grow herself in order to grow her business. So let's listen in. Well, welcome, Kate Erickson, to Lead with Trust. I am so excited to have you here. This is such a privilege to have you. Kate Sue, is someone... I'm so excited. Thank you. Yeah. Kate is probably the most organized, systems-oriented, productive person I've ever met in my entire life. And then... <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and then on top of that... She's like the sweetest person and caring person you could ever meet. And I loved on Entrepreneurs on on your LinkedIn, you have, you have Entrepreneurs on Fire, but you have your title as Heartbeat. Oh. And I thought, well, that exactly describes you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sue. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. It's well-deserved. I have sat in your office and you have helped me through many things that were just really quite remarkable. I'm so happy. I was just thinking about our time together before we got on to record today and everything that we went through with your systems and your office time. And yeah, I'm really glad that I could help. It was great to have you down here. It was wonderful to be there and see your gorgeous house and just spend time with you and John. It was very, very fun. So I ask every guest this question. I know you grew up in San Diego, but what group did you hang out with in high school? Oh, what group did I hang out? So I was a triathlete in high school. So I was definitely with the sports kids. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And do you think that that's kind of flavored your life? Absolutely. I mean, high school, I, I feel like was a very formative time for me. And I feel like for a lot of people, it is too, you know, you get to understand a lot about the way people are. And that for me, very much the types of relationships that I wanted to have in my life and all of the sports that I played were team sports. And so I feel like from that perspective, you know, I learned quite quickly what it's like to work with a lot of different people who have a lot of different attitudes and personalities. And I feel like I've always been quite attuned to that. I'm a very empathetic person. And and I do believe that I have the ability to really put myself in other people's shoes. Um, So yes, I do feel like that has guided me a lot on my journey. And, And really, I owe that to my parents because they were the ones that pushed my sister and I to really get involved in sports from a very young age. So without that, I probably wouldn't have made it onto my high school team. So, (laughs) yeah, I I find it so interesting that, that we don't really realize how the stuff that happens in high school, which you most of the time would think, well, that was high school. That's not really anything really is doing some significant forming. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm raising my grandson who's 17 and in high school. And I look at, and I have another, another uh, grandson that's about to graduate from high school and another one that's a sophomore. And I watch them and I see, well, you can just see 
how they are evolving into who they're going to be, mm. uh, right? Just by how they kind of react within high school. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I think everybody out there that's a parent, think about that. What your kids are doing, you know, you can't control them, of course, they who they are, but they are evolving into whom they're going to be. And some guidance is helpful. Although with teenagers, guidance is not easy. Do it early and do it often. <laughs> oh man. I've, I've heard that a lot from parents. I can't vouch for myself, but I believe you. <laughs> well, I, this is my second time around and it's a lot harder this time. I have to say it was a really? lot easier when my children were younger. It was, it's just much more difficult now, you know, even when they were little, because when my kids were little, you just opened the door and they went out and they went playing. Right. They'd ride their, my son would ride his bike all over town and visit, mm-hmm. be with his friends and do a pickup game here. And uh, now it's all choreographed by the parents. Yeah. A little bit different. It's very different. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, my mother would just open the door and say, come back when it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> come back for dinner. Where, where you were hungry, you just ate at whatever house you were at. <laughs> so it has definitely changed. So yeah. let's talk systems. I know you are really an expert in this. So tell us about what awesome products you're using that you think are really your like go-to places and, uh, and, and help us help us. <laughs> well, systems is very much my love language. I am a very systematic person whenever I'm having conversations with people, even in previous jobs, I did not grow up an entrepreneur. I'm very much like a corporate girl and looking back on it, hindsight's 2020, right? But now that I see what I handle in our business, which is really the backend systems and implementation of things, I see how I was best at that in all my previous doings. You know, at school, I was always the one that was like, okay, here's the project. Like, I know how to put this together. Anybody who needs to be like really super creative or visionary or anything like that, like, you handle that and I will handle making this work. And at my jobs as well, you know, I'm a very organized person, detail oriented. I like my spreadsheets. I like visualizing things. I like being able to see things, but it's very much like data driven, not, you know, I'm not a drawer artist or anything like that. So what I like to use in our business. Okay. So all of that said, I'm also very simplistic. I don't like complex things. I don't like adding things where they're not necessary. And so I use Asana is my task in project management. I believe that we kind of did some work together in Asana or but do you use Trello? I like Asana. Asana. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought that we had worked in Asana together. I love Asana. It's very simple. I use it for task and project management to work with our team on different things. So with tasks and um, passing things back and forth, getting updates is all through Asana. I love my Google Drive. So I do a lot in Google Docs, Google Spreadsheets. So how? tell me more about how you use Google Drive because there's so many ways to use it yes. and so many ways people use it. So how do you <laughs> So we have a team of five, myself, John, and we have three virtual team members. So let's take the podcast for an example, Entrepreneurs on Fire. We have a daily show that's a lot of guest coordination. That's a lot of date and time organization. That's a lot of information on each of our guests. And all of that has to live somewhere so that everybody's on the same page because 
some part of our podcast process from the time that we identify a guest to having them go through the application process, to being approved to be on the show, to scheduling their interview time, to submitting all the information that we need from them, to them actually getting on with John, to that episode being recorded, edited, uploaded, scheduled, show notes, you know, you know this too. Uh So Google Drive, Google Spreadsheets specifically, we have a spreadsheet that runs all of that. We know who's being interviewed, their contact information, the date that they're being interviewed on, the topic of their episode, the bullet points that we're using to lead that conversation, when their episode goes live, what sponsors are going to be on that episode that goes live, the date that it goes live. I think I already mentioned their contact information. And so what's beautiful about what I think one of the biggest benefits of using Google Drive and this Google spreadsheet specifically is that there are five of us that are each responsible and involved in different parts of that process. And as you know, Google Drive is live documents. So anytime there's an edit made or an update made, everybody sees that in real time. You don't have to make an edit on an Excel spreadsheet, save it as a new version, and then email it to everybody so that everybody can see that. It's just constantly being updated in the cloud. So um, that's one example of how we use Google Drive. I also use Google Docs for all of our sponsorship reads. So every month we do a refresh on our sponsorship reads where we're creating unique content for that sponsor based on John's voice. So they send us talking points and then we put together something that is actually, you know, John speaking about the product service or whatever the sponsor wants to promote. And doing that in a Google Doc allows us to always be sharing with the sponsor. Okay, you sent us the talking points. Here are those talking points in this Google Doc. Above that, I'm going to share with you the unique reads that we've created for you. If you want to comment on it, if you want to make any edits or changes, we can work in this document together and always be on the same page, always see everything in real time. So those are a couple examples of of how I use it. I've also used Google Forms a lot to create surveys or to have people submit information, say if we're doing um, maybe a giveaway. So one example of that is when you join our community, Podcasters Paradise, where we teach people how to create, grow, and monetize their podcasts, we send everyone a podcast journal who joins. So in order to get everyone's shipping information so that we can send them the podcast journal, we just link a Google form in their welcome email so that they can submit their um, best mailing address. We can get that journal out to them. So we use it for a lot. <laughs> it sounds so easy, but I know there's a lot to it. So. But yeah, it's okay. I love that because I talk to a lot of people about Google Drive and it's like some people say, well, you should have an individual one. No, you should have a company one. You should have, like, mm. Come on. Oh, yeah. I know. There's so Everyone many different. So differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else do you like? Osana and Google. Osana and Google. Okay. What else do I use for systems? Dropbox is a big organizational tool for us. So we have basically anything that we use or save or need to keep on file for our business, podcasting assets, logos, launch information. We launched the Freedom Journal on Kickstarter. So all of our assets from that launch are in a folder called the Freedom Journal in our Dropbox. 
Um, and so like take that for everything that we've done in our business. Podcasters Paradise has its own folder. The Mastery Journal has its own folder. Every product service or project that we've launched has a folder in Dropbox. Within that folder, it's organized by either, you know, digital assets, media, images, the things that we actually used on our Kickstarter page versus the written draft of the actual book, the edits that were made to that draft and the different versions that came out. So anytime we ever need to go back and identify something from a project or a specific launch that we did, we have everything very well organized within Dropbox. So Dropbox is another biggie for us that allows us to quickly find information that we need. Oh, this is so helpful. I think because even if you don't have a digital business, you're having remote workers now and so many leaders mm. aren't accustomed to this. So mm-hmm. I think these tools, if you don't have them, you don't have the tools to collaborate and you can't create the cohesion you need. The other thing I know you do is that you create like Loom videos. Mm. Uh, I know that you're very specific about when you're going to give a task to someone like one of your VAs or to someone else. So tell us about that. Cause I know I don't put words in your mouth, but I've seen you do this. So I, I wanted you to share about that because I think that's another tool that a lot of leaders don't know about. Yeah. Delegating is so critical. And when you delegate, it's even more important that you're documenting the tasks and projects that you're delegating to people. Main reason being Of course, we have team members who might move positions within our company, or we might be bringing someone new on. And so we're shifting responsibilities instead of ever having to retrain on a task or a given to do. If you have that documented with something like a video, then it's very easy to share that with somebody who would be taking that over, saving you a ton of time or saving whoever on your team is responsible for training. So every time we create a task or a to-do or delegate something to one of our team members, we use Loom, which is a, um, it can be a Chrome add-on, or you can grab it off of Google, L-O-O-M. And it's essentially a, a screen recording tool. So you can record your screen. You could record yourself if you'd like. You record your voice. You could record computer audio. And essentially, you're walking through whatever you're delegating and showing somebody else how you would like it performed. So we do this with all of our tasks. Again, It also allows for whoever you're delegating that to, if they ever have questions or need to refer back to that, instead of having to come to you to ask you, they always have that video tutorial available. So when we create our systems and processes, we've used a tool uh, called Sweet Process. We've also used a tool called Process Street. Both of these are incredible tools. They act very similar to one another. And what they do is allow you to, Sue, if you remember all the systems that I helped you create, remember how I had a checklist and it was um, outlined in that PDF document? Yeah. That was um, th- So that was an export from this program okay. where you put in each of the steps. You can include images, you can include text, you can include links, you can even embed videos like the ones that you create on Loom. And so that all lives together. So if I were to ask my one of my virtual team members, you know, hey, I'd like you to take over the um, responsibility of creating our weekly email roundup, then I could have everything in one place for them from start to finish of what needs to happen for that task to be completed. So I could link out to things that they need to be aware of. I could have that video in there. 
And that's just, again, incredibly helpful for the person you're delegating to and for you for future if you ever need to reassign that elsewhere. Well, I think that there's so much benefit to that. And there's just so much need right now to know how to lead employees that are no longer like sitting next to you. Mm. And um, you guys have been doing this for years and years and years. For uh, most leaders, this is fairly new. And yeah. uh, and like even in a construction where, you know, that's my background, a lot of people are at home, even though, you know, you have to be on site to build. So now you really have this mix of people who are are both on site and not on site. And uh, they're, they're really spread around. So it's all very new and unique to them. One of the things mm-hmm. I just want to bring up now is, okay, so everybody's seeing this lady has her act together <laughs> and she makes it happen. And you can just see that that's the case. But what is the benefit of this? So tell us about your what you and John do every day, every year. How much traveling do you do? Yes. Well, we are incredibly lucky to have location independence because our business is all virtual and uh, lifestyle freedoms. So we can come and go as we please because of the systems and the things that we've set up in our business. The business runs without us if it needs to. Of course, if we're taking off for long trips, that requires preparation. But to the point where a couple of years ago, we actually traveled for 90 days throughout Europe, had just epic trip across 17 different countries. We went on a Greek cruise that had uh, 11 different stops. We were able to do that with our family and a couple of friends. And each year, that's our goal is to take uh, at least one big trip. And then, of course, we travel to visit family. We go on other um, either hiking trips or adventure trips. And we have a few conferences here and there that we um, attend every year. But traveling Europe is our big goal every year. And since 2016, we have done that every single year except for last year, uh, of year. course. We're, we're in a different time now when it comes to upping and traveling whenever you want. But yeah, we've been very lucky to be able to take these extended trips. Yeah, it, I think it's awesome. And just think about it. They have a daily podcast. Mm-hmm. And yet they're going away on a trip for 90 days. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The power of systems. The power of <laughs> systems. There you have it. I hope you're enjoying the show. Sorry to interrupt. But if you're looking to improve any area of your life, one of the first things you'll want to do is to figure out where you are today and where the gaps are, and then really get clear on where you want to go. Visionary leaders need clarity like human beings need oxygen. It's essential. That's why my team and I put together a great starting point for you on your trusted leader journey. It's called the Trusted Leader Profile, and it will allow you to take charge of the atmosphere in your business by helping you understand your trusted leader style and how you can elevate the level of trust in your business. With understanding, you can make better choices and grow the level of trust and your results. For being a listener to the show, it's 100% complimentary for you to access the profile. All you have to do is go to www.sudico.com slash profile. And Sudico is S-U-D-Y-C-O. Again, that's www.sudico.com slash profile. I really believe that the profile will help you understand the norms you bring to your business and unlock the next level of leadership for you. 
So I loved your a title on LinkedIn for, for entrepreneurs on fire heartbeat, because I really know that is you. So, so tell us about working with your husband. Mm, you yes. know, there's a lot of family businesses where husbands and wives work together. And there's a lot of them that go, that would never happen in a million years. So tell us about that. Yeah, definitely. I have countless conversations that I've had where people go, you guys actually live and work together. I could never do that. (laughs) And I totally appreciate and respect that. I am incredibly happy that it works very well for myself and John. And I really attribute that to, well, of course, there's a lot of factors that go into the reasons why our work together works so well. One of those reasons is that John and I are, are, our zones of genius are opposite. So he is very much the entrepreneur, the visionary, the creative, the person who's going to love being in that spotlight. He's got his voice out there, his face out there. He loves presentations and speaking on stage. He's a massive extrovert. And I love the back end of things. I love figuring out how something's going to be put together. I love finding different tools and resources that work together well. I love improving things, that constant improvement of putting something out there and fixing it. And, you know, all of those details and and all the spreadsheets that we've already talked about, I love all that stuff. So that's a huge reason why we work so well together. I also believe one of the major reasons why, you know, we've, been able to come as far as we have in our business together is because we stay just we're in separate lanes and we stay in separate lanes. We're not stepping on each other's toes. I'm not trying to be in charge of something that he's in charge of and vice versa. And I really think that that helps a lot because when you have a partner, even if it's not a significant other, even if you have a partner in business, a a co-founder or whatever it might be, if you guys are both trying to like be the boss of the same thing, like we all know that oftentimes doesn't really work out so well. So it works very nicely that we both love doing different things and stay in our lanes with our responsibilities. And that really all goes back to the beginning of us starting to work together because John launched this business on his own. We were together and living together at the time, but I was still working um, at an advertising and marketing job. And he launched the business. He was doing the podcast and things really took off. And he said, hey, why don't you quit your job and come join me? And a lot of our initial conversations around that, because my first thought was like, how's this going to (laughs) work? A lot of our initial conversations, though, were around understanding what each other's expectations were of that working relationship what do you see me being in charge of? And what do I see you being in charge of? And how are we going to we knew that we were going to need to be on the same page about that. So a lot of those initial conversations really helped us understand where one another was coming from. And of course, open communication is just a no brainer. <laughs> well, that, and you compliment each other. My, my husband was uh, not in my business when I first started at this business that I just sold, but after we got married, I talked him into coming <laughs> to work with me. And we've been for 35 years, we've worked together and, you know, he's very introverted. Mm-hmm. He is very math, math oriented, uh, spreadsheet oriented, you know, detail oriented. And I have about zero of that. So <laughs> <laughs> see, that's awesome though, yeah. that so you guys it, were able it, to compliment. Yeah. So I think we're very good partners. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so you build that high trust because of that. I have also seen people who go into business together and it doesn't really matter if you're married or not. It probably just creates a level of complexity or emotion that goes with it that are vying for power or mm. presence, you know, like yep. be, being the present, the person that's in charge. And uh, that never works out. Uh, it just doesn't. Uh, unless you can carve out lanes for them. And then mm-hmm. wherever it overlaps, you can predict that there's going to be a lot of conflict going on. <laughs> Friction. <laughs> yes, indeed, for sure. Now, I know that you're in the background for Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is incredibly successful. And I'm so happy for you guys. It's, it's, thank you. I listen to it every day. I have to tell everybody it's oh, my favorite. Thank you, so. Yeah, I hear John in my ear every day. <laughs> um, but you also have Kate's Take. Mm-hmm. podcast you've done and you have a newer one now Nicole and Kate which I just love it's great oh uh, thank and, you and do you have another one too that's about systems and stuff ditch busy ditch busy okay I knew it was something yep. I couldn't remember the name of it. okay mm-hmm. I haven't signed up for that one but I will today ditch busy now don't we all need that I mean come on we yes. all need that and uh, so you are absolutely a seasoned podcaster in your own right. So tell us from your point of view, doing your own podcast, you know, what's your advice for people that are doing a podcast? And also, you know, this, we're really thinking about trust. And so that's why I'm sort of thinking about, well, certainly you have to have partnership with trust to create trust with the people who are listening. Mm, and yes, I think absolutely. You do that magnificently well. Thank you. I appreciate that. I received that. That is, uh, has always been one of the biggest attractors of podcasting for us in our business. The amount of free value that you're able to provide with a very low barrier and the relationship and reciprocity and trust that's built because of that is, I don't know any other way that you create that virtually. Perhaps through videos, but that takes a lot longer and is a lot more work. And now, of course, YouTube is certainly much bigger than it was 10 years ago, as is podcasting. But one thing that I would say for anyone starting out with podcasting right now is um, it's so incredibly important to be super specific about the knowledge or value or impact that you're looking to create for your listeners. Being niche in your podcasting topic will help you immensely. So instead of saying, I'm going to start a marketing podcast, which there are probably a million of right now, if you can get super specific and niche down within marketing to focus on Instagram marketing, that will be incredibly helpful for you in knowing what content to create and being able to, you know, research not only your own content, but competitors potentially to get a grip on that. And then also when you're marketing your show, it's going to be so much easier for you to reach your ideal listener or person that you want in your world. If you're able to very clearly speak to what it is that you can offer, not marketing advice, because for me as an entrepreneur, I don't want marketing advice. I want advice on, you know, how to grow my Instagram followers as an example. So if I hear about an Instagram marketing podcast versus a marketing podcast and growing my Instagram following is my goal, I'm going to be listening to this podcast for sure. So niching is very, very important. 
I was also thinking about in terms of now, well, two things about podcasts. The reason I love it is because unlike video, I don't have to give my full attention. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. I walk five miles, four miles, five miles a day, and I have a podcast in my ear. When I'm doing laundry, I have a podcast in my ear. When I'm just cleaning the house, I have a podcast in my ear. I could not do that if it was video-based. So to me, that's one of the things. There's no barrier to listening. Yes. Um, And I also think that podcasting has come now where it is sophisticated enough that brands and businesses are going, okay, maybe we need to have a podcast. So what's your thoughts about that so that they can begin to build that kind of relationship with their with their customers or potential customers? I love it. I think that it's such a no-brainer way to give a brand that added personality and the the personal touch, like you said, to start creating that trust and that relationship with their customers. I remember hearing, it, it was probably a couple of years ago now that Trader Joe's came out with a podcast. And I thought, That is so smart. I already love Trader Joe's. I already love going in there because everyone who works there is so nice. And how cool would it be for me as an advocate for Trader Joe's and somebody who loves shopping there? Now I'm hearing somebody talk about how they source their products, why they choose certain things, the company culture makes me love them even more. Absolutely. So listen to listen to that. Think about that. Those of you who think, well, I'm not a personality. But if you have a business, maybe even a large business, because I've been working with some larger brands now, you need mm-hmm. to think about maybe you need a podcast. And I think what you just said before is smart too, because, okay, look at the array of podcasts, but maybe you need to niche it down into something very specific that you want to achieve, even if it's just for that year, because you could shift the, the niche for the next year. You, know, you, can, mm-hmm. you can move it around depending on what you're trying to accomplish. I just love podcasts. I just love them. I think there's, it's, I keep telling my grandson, it's changing the world. You can learn anything you want about anything. All you have to do is find a podcast and listen to it enough. I was just listening to one that's by a Stanford professor of neuroscience. And Mm. he's also an ophthalmologist at Stanford. It's called the, the Huberman Lab. And it's all about neuroscience. I mean, very like cool. you can learn anything you want. On a yeah. And I also think like speaking about bigger businesses and brands too, I also think that it's a consideration for internal purposes too. I always feel like an internal podcast could be a huge win if you're looking to provide something extra for your employees, a good way to get out company information, to inspire your team. I also think that that's a consideration well, too. I, I think that's a brilliant idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the things too that I've been thinking about doing is a private podcast. Like if someone comes and joins my coaching, one of the things I'm doing is my goal as I retired now so is to get a million leaders to sign a pledge that they will build their business on a foundation of trust and then help them achieve that. Hmm. So I figured if I can get, get that community of people who are committed to this, we could do a private podcast and just share with them specifically 
ideas and stories and hot seats, you know, the, the whole gamut to help them learn how, what they can do and how they can do it and how other people are doing it so that they don't give up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I love that idea. And now with different platforms offering these subscription based podcasts, you know, it would be very easy for you to keep that private and only available to your clients in this example. That's so cool. So very cool. So I know you were the keynote speaker at PodFest. Congratulations. Thank I saw, you. I saw you up there. It's so cool. Thank you and, so much. Uh, so, so tell me about that. I know you're an introvert and mm. this is probably not your bliss. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your keynoting at PodFest and what that was like for you. And, and how do you trust yourself enough to do this? Yeah. So I started speaking back in 2014, much to my own amazement, because as I said earlier, I'm a total introvert. I never thought that I would get out on stage and be a speaker. And I was very lucky to have an opportunity from podcast movement. They were doing localized events and they did a podcast San Diego when I was living in San Diego. And they asked me if I would speak at that event. It was my first I'm ever on stage, but I thought, Hey, if I'm going to make this happen better to do it at a small localized event than at, you know, on some massive stage with hundreds or thousands of people. And for me, it was like, am I going to, you know, start living a bigger life and taking on challenges and thinking I need to be in a space where I'm outside of my comfort zone. If I want to learn and grow and be an example for people, if I'm going to work behind the scenes of a podcasting business, I want to know what it's like to be freaked out. And I want to know what it's like to prepare for a talk and, you know, all of these things that go along with it. I love attending events. So had to see the other side of it. It's um, your empathy requirement. You're just so empathetic. <laughs> it is just, it's just there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've spoken at many events since. And this past year, Podcast Movement asked me to be the keynote speaker. And I was so honored. We've been attending that event since the very beginning. We've been to every single event that they've put on um, their main annual event. We've been every year. And to be the keynote speaker this year was a, such an honor. I was very nervous, had all the butterflies. I practiced and practiced and practiced. I mean, I was like dreaming my talk towards the end there. And um, it went so great. It was a really special experience. The team behind Podcast Movement, like I just can't say enough about them. They put on an incredible event. They care about podcasters. They care about making that such a special experience for everyone involved, speakers, attendees, um, sponsors, everyone. So it was, it was a really awesome experience. And I really wanted to bring this up because I think that, you know, when you're an introvert and it's maybe not your comfort zone to give a keynote speech, there's a lot of fear behind it. And mm. yet you did it anyway. And so I just want, I think that's such an important lesson for everyone, particularly leaders that, you know, you have to walk into the places where you may be a little be afraid. And when you practice and you're ready and you do it, then you begin to have that level of trust that you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the only way you get it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way to get it. That's so true. And I, yeah, I continue to be a huge fan of just like 
stretching yourself and pushing that limit further and further and further. There's just, there's so much growth in it. There's so much opportunity to learn new things, to see things from a different perspective. And that's really important to me. So what's next for you? Who? that's a great question. Well, John and I are definitely in a great place with the business. We're very happy with where things are at and headed for Entrepreneurs on Fire. We're loving our lifestyle freedom, that location independence that I talked about earlier that allows us to travel and do incredible things, spend time with family and friends. So we've got really great things going with the business. We're getting married in April. So we're very excited about that. We just celebrated 10 years recently. So now we're going to be in it for many, many more years to come. And being a planner and, you know, all the things I've described about myself in this episode, you can imagine what my wedding planning is like. So (laughs) I'm having a ton of fun with that. I'm really into, you know, putting all the pieces in their place. So that's been great. And hopefully we'll be back in Europe this fall. Time will tell, but that is uh, definitely a goal for us to get back on the Europe plane, train, and automobile. <laughs> oh, that will be so fun. But the wedding will be wonderful. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. you know, what's the one thing that uh, that keeps you awake at night with, with regards to the wedding? Ooh, you know what? Right now, so we're getting married in Puerto Rico where we live and everything that we do is going to be outdoors. April is a really beautiful month, but we're in the tropics. We're in the middle of the Caribbean. So rain can come at any time. So if I had one thing that I'm like, just crossing my fingers for, it's that the rain stays away. <laughs> I got married on April 1st, April 1st. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it was beautiful. And then uh, we were going to get married at five o'clock at four o'clock clouds came over. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> stormy. They had to move all the chairs inside. And, yeah. So we ended up being married oh, inside. <laughs> it's supposed to be good luck though. Right. I think, yes, it is. It has been yes. 30 years later. It's still good. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations to you too. So I, I appreciate so much you being here. Where can people find you? Everything that we do is over at eofire.com eofire.com. And we'll put all that in the show notes too, for you. Thank you awesome. so much, Kate. It's such a great Thanks, time Sue. To back together. We have to do it more often. Yes, I agree. It was great catching up. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Loved our chat so much. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. And that wherever you're listening to this podcast, you will subscribe And if you enjoyed this episode, send it to someone who you think can really use this message that you got today. And also, please leave us a review. You know, your honest review, wherever you listen to your podcasts would be much appreciated. And of course, the more reviews we get, the better they are, the better for the podcast. I'm truly on a mission to get more and more people to understand that trust is the essential element. So I hope you'll be part of that. You know, this show really exists to help you leaders to build your business on a foundation of trust so that you can reap the rewards of becoming that top performer in your market. I see over and over where no one can possibly reach the levels of those people that understand how to build a high trust culture in their business. Now today, if you're really curious about starting your trusted leader journey, 
You can get started right away if you just take the free Trusted Leader Profile and you can learn where you fall along the Trusted Leader Continuum. And this really can unlock your confidence on where you are and what you need to do. It's very specific on what you can do. Gives you a snapshot of your leadership style. So if you want to take that, just go to www.sudyco.com and then forward slash profile, and you will get immediate access to the Trusted Leader Profile. Once again, that is www.sudyco.com forward slash profile. All right, that's a wrap. I just can't wait to hang out with you again on our next episode.